Hey, I'm Trey Cow, the socialist barista. And I'm Trey Dex. And today we are just straight chilling, doing another get it, got it, don't got it with our buddy Kendall McKee once again. Say what's up, Kendall. What's up? Also, we're going to be talking about some coffee stuff that's just been kind of sitting on our minds and uh, answering some Instagram questions. If you don't already, follow that Instagram at Socialist Barista and be sure to leave a great rating on any of our podcast places where we're at, which is Spotify, iTunes Podcast, or if you drink Turkish coffee, Overcast. This is the Socialist Barista Podcast. So is, is t- <laughs> this might be a dumb question. Is Turkish coffee where they bury it in the sand? No, Kendall. <laughs> he, he's a big sand coffee guy. It's everything that isn't in a specialty coffee shop that you can see, you think it has to do with sand. Because yeah, you saw a video of people brewing coffee with sand. <laughs> like, last time you were on the episode, you already were like, yeah, like so it's like when they make coffee with sand. I'm like, no. It's like Folgers. Hmm. <laughs> Is that the sand coffee? Dude. I just watched the most recent episode of Mando. Mando. I don't know if I'm allowed to say the entire name for copyright. Uh, let's just say spoiler alert, just in case. No, I, I, no spoiler. Alert. Oh, no spoiler. They just okay. have sand people in there, so okay. I, I, they probably drink Turkish coffee. No, they, on Mando. No, it's not sand coffee. <laughs> Anyways, Kendall's joining us for this episode. Yeah. So random rant. Oh gosh, here we go. I, ha- I just have this is about this popped up in my mind today. So like, what is with people taking like going camping but not really camping, just going for like a hour hike and taking a pour over setup to make a pour over, and then record themselves for Instagram of them doing a pour over in the mountains. I think I know why. And then getting back in their car and going home. But I think it's going to hurt some somebody's feelings. Okay. I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. Here's, here's, here's the fact. You know the reason they do that? Is no reason. There is absolutely no reason for that shenanery. Stop. <laughs> no one cares that you can make a pour over in the wilderness in the middle of your hike. It does drive me crazy. <laughs> I'm kidding. God, that's such a jerk thing to say. I don't know. Man. I saw it too the other. Did you share it with me? Like no. the post? Oh, there was some video of like somebody literally walking somewhere, making a pour over, and then walking back to their car. I was like, you can do that before you go on your hike. I know. Like today, we went to Red, Red River Gorge, and I made a pour over here, and I took it in my. Wait, you're. Wait, I'm sorry. Did you say you were about to go hiking and you did your pour over at home? Yeah. I did it at home. Why? I took I took my pour over and I drank it on the way there and nope. finished it when I got there. Excuse me, that's not how you're supposed to do well, a pour over. Was I supposed to go on like the edge of a cliff and film myself making a pour over with like one of those little fancy burners? And no, everything? dude, you got to bubble wrap your little uh, hourglass dirt thing. I think you mean a Chemex. Yeah, <laughs> there's no dirt in that. Oh. It's called a chimay. <laughs> Oh my god! So <laughs> nice rant. Moving, I like that. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Um, something crazy happened last week. We started a Patreon. We did. We did. Oh, I didn't know about it. I didn't tell anybody. Oh, that's why. Yeah. And we already have a few patrons. Whoa. Yeah. Our patrons, patrons. I think pa- it's patrons. Patreonites. Patreonites. Yes. <laughs> we already have a few Patreonites. Which is pretty awesome. So, first of all, shout out to Megan Rose. What's up? She left, like, a really sweet message after she, like, subscribed. 
And I'm not going to lie. I cheered up a little bit. I was like, that's just so nice. And you don't tear up about anything. I don't tear up about anything. Not even anything. Like, my dog died. <laughs> not a thing. Your son was bored. Not a tear. <laughs> that's not true at all. But uh, yeah, she left a really nice message. So thank you, Megan. And thank she you, is Megan. actually our first ever Patreon or patron. Patreon. Patreonite. 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 Patreonite, yes. And actually, our second one is sitting right here, Kendall McGee. <gasps> what? You're a Patreonite? A, he's a Patreonite. Dude, you weren't supposed to tell anyone. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Kendall is not a Patreonite. Just kidding. He is not. He is super yes. not. <laughs> I am not a Patreonite. Anyways, yeah, we didn't even tell anybody, but um, y'all y'all are ahead of the game. And uh, so that's the thing we're announcing. Kind of low-key. We're not going to be like bugging you about it every week. And... Um, just kind of like some background for y'all to know, like why we're doing that. Um, pretty much it's all going back into the podcast, going to help us with some big plans and ideas that we have moving forward as we kind of get into the next season and get some more episodes going. It's going to help us fund things like sip the drip. I mean, I'm kind of spending a lot of money on coffee every week. So it's like, (laughs) it'd be nice to have y'all support to get that great coffee and better equipment. Uh, we want to do some branding and some merch and like release like special enamel pins, stickers, all that good stuff. We kind of have that on one of the tiers, but as of now, it's kind of more of a pre-order because it takes a lot of money to kind of start getting enamel pins, stuff like that. Um, but one of our really big visions is to be able to use it for visiting you guys. Oh, we, yeah. We want to go to your cities and do live episode recordings with you guys, interviewing you guys on the Socialist Barista podcast. That sounds super fun. That'd be dope. Oh, yeah. Dope and so. I think we're doing one here in Lexington, Kentucky. Oh, yeah. In a few weeks? Yeah. Or a month? Episode 10. So this is episode 7. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess in three weeks. Yeah. And so, and we might. Three, like the week, I think we'll record it the week after Thanksgiving. Yeah. I think because Thanksgiving lies on that week. But um, we were, we've been talking a lot about episode 10 being a live episode. We originally th- said, let's make it an Instagram live one and stuff like that and just bring people in. But then it came to this idea of like, there's a lot of support in Lexington for the podcast and the coffee community. And we thought, no, we should just do like a live hangout event. Like that would be a blast. And so that's kind of our goal is to have like a live event, have like some of our friends and baristas there, and also like you guys tuning in live maybe on Instagram or something like that. So be on the lookout for episode 10 and details about it because there might be some special little surprises for our listeners. Yeah, so if you are a barista here in Lexington, Kentucky, maybe even Cincinnati, Louisville, Nashville, um, yeah, if you want to come up, make a visit for the live episode, that might be a thing. So stay tuned for details about that. I guess by the time this episode come out, comes out, we'll hopefully have those details hammered out and you'll be hearing those within the next 24, 48 hours. It'll be super fun. Oh, yeah. So, Kendall, the other day, you were like, I'm so excited to do Sip the Drip with you. So we are about to Sip the Drip. Let's do it. With you. I'm amped. Kendall. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm saying. I'm in. All right. So <laughs> while I start brewing this coffee, we're going to answer some good old Instagram questions for you. Yep. So first question is from Alex Zimmerman. And the question is, best coffee you've had this year and why? Man, for me, that is super difficult because I feel like because this year involved... 
a lot of home brewing and a lot of Nashville, different like coffee shops there. Um, it's hard to say. Um, man, it's, I'll just bring it down to this. At Brevity, we have this uh, single origin on espresso. It's called, uh, it's from Kova. It's the Ethiopian, it's the Ambessa. It, it is good. I like that I one. can't, it's like unreal because first off, it's not too hard to dial in. And it's just, I know you said coffee, but I'm going to name it espresso. It's just so easy to get some flavor out of there. And it's honestly kind of inspired me with some a mead recipe that I'm working on. And I'm just super amped to get into it with it. Kendall, favorite coffee? <laughs> you guys are going to hate this answer, I think. I already know what it is. Come on. What, what, do, you, what do you think it is? H-E-B, baby. It is a H-E-B. <laughs> what? Dude, my dad keeps sending me this H-E-B coffee from the H-E-B uh, um, Superstore. Yeah, it's a Superstore in, super in uh, Texas, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like a Texas chain. Yeah, it's like a it's yeah. like a Southern Texas like um, grocery store chain. And it's like this H-E-B coffee that just smells so good. Not just Southern, though. They're in Lubbock now. They just opened up a location Ooh, in Lubbock. Okay, H-E-B. Yeah. Okay, no, I see baby. They have, uh, funny, they have funny commercials on TV. <laughs> yes, they do. Interesting. Um, I would say probably my best espresso I've had this year because I didn't get to travel. Or tra- coffee? Well, yeah. Like, I didn't get to travel a lot this year like I usually do, so I didn't get to try a lot of great espresso at different places. Like, I've you had some pretty good You didn't blends. travel? Not really. What happened? Uh, pandemic. What? Uh, I know. <laughs> um What? But Since I will when? say, Where, when was that? My favorite this year, honestly, was probably that Little Wolf Ethiopian we did a few it weeks ago. It was so good. That's my, my kind of coffee through and through. Uh, like creamy, so just real smooth, like, you know, just super clean. Like, that's just, I'm all about that. That's my bread and butter. Mm. Yeah. I will say my favorite, like, specialty coffee shop that I've had this year was my first cup of drip at Brevity. I don't know, or Brevity, however you call it. I don't know what was different about that one, but that it was so good. It hit different. It was so good. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was like probably the first time I've ever felt like I knew what people were talking about when they said like fruity no, yeah. t- nodes. Notes. <laughs> nodes. Notes. Like like that singer thing. Nodes. Yeah, yeah totally. Kindle. Okay. Uh, <laughs> next question. I think it's El- Elona. Will say. You can totally uh, oh, hit me up with the pronunciation. She she mad. listens to all the episodes. She's mad now. She's dope. <laughs> uh, hit me up with the pronunciation. 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 I don't know. Pronunciation. I can't even say that word. <laughs> Just hit me up. Make sure I'm saying it right. Lord, I'm hate you doing that. Anyways, uh, any regrets about becoming a barista slash food industry employee? I would say sometimes when I found myself in tough financial situations and haven't had a coffee job to turn to it's hard because when you try to enter different career circles there's like a there's a bias or kind of like misunderstanding of what it means to work in coffee so typically it's like having to explain that and how professional coffee can be um to some people it's like a foreign language like they just see a starbucks employee when you say you're working coffee yeah i uh i have like zero regrets of becoming a barista uh, and somebody in the coffee industry every moment has been the best i mean it's awesome the one thing that is tough for me to say that i don't have regrets about is there are many times and some of my friends can attest to this that i wanted to walk away from coffee because i was like i think i'm done i'm gonna do something else 
And just like in The Godfather Part 3, every time you think you're leaving, they keep bringing you back in. <laughs> Bring them back in. <laughs> so to me, it's like it's hard to say. Like there are some management positions that it's like I regret sometimes saying yes to. I should have mm-hmm. just stayed a barista instead of a manager. But also, you know, I can't say I regret it because, man, I learned the most. There was just more failures and more hardships when saying yes to being a manager. More hard lessons to learn. And a lot of realizations of how horrible of an employee I was to my managers in the past. Shout outs and apologies to Josh Modisette. Um <laughs> And, but man, I, I can't say I regret it, but man, it's managing people in any regard is just a big, a lot of pressure and it's hard. Wow. I botched that answer. You, you did it way better than me. <laughs> uh, pa- Parker Milliken. What up, Parker? You can have anyone walk into your shop and you get to make them coffee or make coffee for them who you got reba mcintyre <laughs> i'm reba mcintyre of you saying that all the time <laughs> that was funny uh i kind of felt like feel like i'm not usually i'm not really a big like uh fangirl i won't really fangirl for people too much um for me, it's just like you see someone famous or whatever. It's kind of like, ah, cool. Like, you're famous. Right. But personally, I would really like to, like, if someone from the Cat and Cloud podcast, like Chris Baca or Jared Truby, or uh, if... Uh, you're, James, more of, you're more of a man than I am James, to make coffee for them. James Hoffman came in. Well, like, like I just would, like, <laughs> Give love, me an hour to recalibrate this machine, and I'll serve you a coffee. I just think it'd be cool to, like, Serve them coffee, but I don't know. Did you confidently just even be like, "Hey, like, if it tastes bad, tell me." Yeah, I mean, even then, like, it's just cool to like see people like they they just been kind of people that like lately I've been kind of looking up to because it's just like seeing kind of like the influence they have in the coffee community and like some of the things I that they've like in a sense helped me realize in my coffee career lately Mm -hmm. um, has been pretty cool. And I think it'd be cool to said like chat them up for a few minutes. Like I'm the kind of person like. I'm not going to be, I don't really talk to just anybody and I don't really like associate with just anybody, mm. but if it's people that I feel like, cause I'm an Enneagram five, I'm all about information. If it's someone I feel like I can get a lot of information out of, that's going to help benefit me and my search for knowledge. Like I'm all about it. And those are just some people that like, I love kind of what they're about. Right. I got one. Yeah. Forrest Lasso. Oh Ooh. man. Don't even. I did when I worked in Nashville. That's, that's exactly what I was I, thinking. I wanted to get him to come to the coffee shop so bad. I was like, I just want to make coffee for you, Forrest Lasso, please. He's he's a uh, USL ledge legend. legend literally, he the is ledge. the face of it's USL. A, it's a soccer league, minor league soccer league oh in my America. Gosh, Forrest Lasso. Yep, he's amazing. He's awesome. And, and he's funny. Check amazing. out his uh, Faith Family Football Instagram. It's pretty yeah, cool. It's a big that's deal. cool. Um, Trey, can you can you give us? So someone asked, you had mentioned this a few episodes ago, and someone asked if you could elaborate because they were having trouble getting research or finding information on this. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of have mentioned aged espresso. Um, could you maybe like give like yeah. a quick minute or two about like kind of what that looks like? So I talked to my buddy Chip. He is the head roaster uh, at Steadfast in Nashville. Super cool dude to just sit and talk to about coffee. Also, he has become a magician at working on the Mod Bar. Um, the old one. So he kind of explained it in a cool way. He And he goes, of course, there's two main reasons why it's important and what it does and why it exists. But 
the goal is that you view the coffee like a fruit in a sense, like it's kind of like where it comes from. So the goal is that you pull like some shots, you uh, put that together with some amount of sugar, and then you let it sit as if you're making a preservative with fruit. And so that's kind of the point of it, aged espresso, or I guess not aged espresso, but the idea of it settling together with sugars uh, kind of turns it into that preservative. So those flavor profiles of the espresso hopefully will pop out uh, along with these sugar profiles as well. And so, and the other reason he said it could just be an easier way for, instead of pulling shots for certain drinks, just using aged espresso and just pouring it in there and boom, you got your shot. But um, yeah, they have a drink. If you're in Nashville, they have a drink that uses this. And I think they use a charred milk too um, at Steadfast in uh, Nashville. So go check it out. It's pretty cool. That's dope. Um, I don't know how to say this name, but I'm just going to read the question. How do we make language for tasting specialty coffee more accessible? Kendall, you gave me a big a big expression. Like you're kind of like, huh, I relate to that. What, what yeah. What's your thoughts as someone that's not in coffee? Well, yeah, I think... That's why, okay, so, you know, we're about to do this sip the drip thing. And I think that's why um, I wanted to do that because I have no language for when you guys hit that part of the podcast. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who listens to the podcast that's not just a coffee noob, you know? Yeah. And like on the Beaniagram, there's probably even another Beaniagram pe- person, like lower than BB Barista. <laughs> it's like BB Customer. Yeah. <laughs> BB Custy. That's, that's where we get into the, uh, the Custy Myers Briggs. We got to work on a little bit, but Custy Briggs. Custy Briggs. Um, no, but I, that's what, that's why I wanted to do it is because like you, when things don't, when they don't make sense to me, I want to try to figure them out. So, I'm not sure if I have an answer for the question, yeah. but I, I definitely feel the question. I think I do have an, some sort of answer, and it's kind of in the question. The way we make the language of tasting specialty coffees more accessible is by tasting coffees. Like, is by making tasting the coffee more accessible. And I hate to sound like that guy, but if your coffee shop has seven different things on pour over, you're not making tasting coffee accessible. If you're not taking care and... You're not also like loving that person that wants the Ethiopian pour over as much as you're loving the person that wants a vanilla latte. You're not making your coffee more accessible. Mm. And so the goal is, for instance, you talked about the drip. You focus on your drip tasting good and approachable for all people. Not like, oh, it has all these and I'm going to make it good for coffee drinkers. It's like, no, make it good for people that don't usually drink black coffee. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think that's the thing, like make your coffee approachable. And then when your community starts to trust you there. Now make it more intensified. Yeah. Because you have to do that, especially in your small towns. If you're a barista and you're a barista in a small town listening to this, like that's how you do it. You have to create a community that trusts you. And that's what the Foundry Coffee House and Tyler did. And I got to be around that firsthand. And now that community trusts the coffee shop. And now it's accessible to anyone. And everyone's down for it too. Yeah. And that kind of leads into the next question from Austin. How can we spread specialty coffee to more of the working class without gentrifying? And I think that is that speaks volumes. Like that's kind of my big thing is like approachability. Like for me, approachability means approachability in price. Yep. And approachability in taste. Yes. Um. Like I don't. I don't. Maybe if you're in a coffee city scene that can support it, it's different conversation. But for the most part, most places where specialty coffee shops are opening up, like you got to have just a very approachable you know, medium to dark, almost dark roast, yes. right? You know, like, you can't just be serving only straight natural Ethiopians or, you know, yeah. 
Costa Ricans honey process. Like you can't just just be serving that. Like you gotta have your chocolatey blend. Yeah. You gotta have that. You gotta have it. You gotta be approachable. You gotta have the cheap coffee that somebody can walk away with from your shop a bag of coffee for not not paying over fourteen, fifteen bucks. Yeah. Because right. not everyone's gonna understand why you have to pay twenty one dollars for a bag of coffee. Yeah. And like we wanna get them to that point. But you have to have a starting ground. Yeah, it's and a relationship. If you if you know, like I've seen so many people at different places I've been where the coffee bags were sold at like twenty bucks, and they're just like, "Holy cow!" Like their expression is like, "What?" Like you know, they ask what the price is, you tell them, and they're like, "Uh, okay." Like they kind of just it literally shuts them down. They're yeah. like, "I don't want to take this home and brew it." Like I'm just I'm I'm out. Yep. And like that's not approachability. That's putting a barrier, and that is what creates walls rather than bridges into the world of coffee for people. Mm-hmm. I, I think this question is super interesting, and in, in the and I know this is your heart too, Trey. Like, um, I know that specialty coffee is generally in a gentrified area of town. Yeah. What if what would it look like for a coffee shop to go up in a lower class environment or a lower income environment? Is that possible? That's tough. Um, I haven't, I've, I've been to a few places, but I haven't seen a lot that do it well or do it enough to really notice. Like I've seen more of shops be in the hood just to say they're in the hood. It's kind of like, like we talk about this, you know, with, with churches, like you'll have these big, huge churches that'll have a new campus, you Mm -hmm. know, in a lower income neighborhood and people will start going there, but it's no one from the neighborhood. Yep. Like it's not a church that is really like in the neighborhood that's a part of the neighborhood. It's the same with coffee shops. Yeah. Like and I think for one, like black people love coffee. And I think that approachability barrier isn't even so much the taste in that sense, but it can be the price. Yep. Yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. how do you make that approachable? I think you got to find a way to make your coffee approachable financially. I mean, it might be like dollar drip. I don't know. You got to take a hit. So that's the biggest thing with blends is you have to, that's the good thing about blends is like, if you think about it, you're taking two single origins and doubling the profit on them. And so starting with a blend that's approachable, um, that's also taking a hit and saying something like bottomless coffee, um, serving a bigger size cup for drip, like a 16 ounce cup for drip to make it more like like what's his name. The 40-ouncer dude that puts <laughs> fires out. God yeah. damn, Dan. Um, but, you know, I think that was a big thing, too. The biggest thing, too, is you can't... You have to show up in that community, too. Mm-hmm. And you have to have people in those communities also want to show up with you. And yeah. that is through relationship, period. You got to build trust. You cannot show up. And this is just me. But you can't show up, knock on doors, say, hey, blah, 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 and just kind of show your face. You got to be embedded into that community. Yeah. Do you um, know any shops that are doing that? I mean, Humphrey Street. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's true. I mean, hundred yeah. percent. I mean, Parker. Literally, I mean, I got to work with some of the coolest people ever in Nashville, yeah. like DeAndre, Sweet Baby Curtis, Sweet Ricardo, Baby Dude, Sweet Baby Curtis. No, but for real, like making coffee accessible for Sweet Baby is huge. Well, now because he knows everything about a coffee shop, the dude could literally run his own coffee shop. Yeah, he's a genius now. I remember. So this was before COVID. I walked into Humphrey Street. Uh, you actually weren't there, Trey, which I was a little bummed because I wanted to see you, but I didn't really tell you I was going to be there. But anyways. I went there and I remember walking in and like the vibe, like the shop's beautiful. It's clean. It's mm-hmm. got the aesthetic. It's specialty coffee through and through, like with the aesthetic. But what I really enjoyed was not only was it the typical like Nashville-ish hipsters that you see at every Nashville coffee shop, right. at least from my experience, is I saw I saw black and brown kids behind the espresso machine. 
I saw black people from the neighborhood in the shop. Like taking around. control, not like yeah. just like this like, is my space. Like not making it a petty thing where it's like, oh, see, you get to work behind a coffee bar. Like, yeah, Curtis runs that bar. Ricardo yeah. runs that bar. Like seeing people from the actual neighborhood in there and it's like their community space, too. Yeah. was cool. I'm about deal. that. That's, That's my cool. like first experience. Parker. Keep yeah. it, like, Shout out to Humphrey Street. Yeah. Parker managing that place, too. And he's just he's doing a bunch of big stuff. But if you go to Nashville, you go by Humphrey Street. You shout out to Sweet Baby Curtis, Sweet and, Baby and Curtis. Ricardo, Ricky, if you see him. Mm. Okay, I have one more question, but we're gonna hit it after we uh, sip the drip real quick. Oh. Okay. So, uh, would you like me to sip the drip now? I don't, but if you want to, you can. Oh, I will. Hmm. Hmm. That's tasty. I think I got it. Yeah. Oh, man. Come on. That's good. Oh, I got this. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Kenny. I got this. You like it, Kendall? I actually do like it. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. it's not hot, so that's good. Yeah, it's cooled down. Oh, yeah, you don't like hot coffee. No, dude. I have a baby mouth. Yeah. That's like baby mouth. That's the number one reason baby why mouth. I started drinking cold brew. <laughs> it wasn't that's hot. fair. Mm. What, do you, what do you think the reason is? It's for sure in Africa, man. Yeah. That's uh, 100%. I want to say Ethiopian because it's really berry-esque. Yeah. Honestly. What do you got, Kenny? What do you think? <laughs> You're just looking at me with this big old grid like you know exactly where it's from. That's an Aussie roast, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's in the second. And you said, and you said, and you said roast. <laughs> It's Aussie roast. It's not roast. No, I don't. I, I don't even know how to even like approach this at all. Like I would just come be on, guessing. Trey. Be approachable. <laughs> You're right. Come on. We're talking about <laughs> regions, and I talked about this in the past episode. But but I don't even know what the regions are. That's the thing. Like that's why I kind of say a broad thing, like Africa or Central America. Those are the common places on the yeah. belt. But I mean, I do know Costa Rica has a lot of coffee, and yeah, they do. when I went to Indonesia, I got the cat poop coffee. Oh, yeah, the Indonesian cat poop coffee. Interesting. Made you, with sand. Do you know what I'm talking about? I've heard of it, but yeah. I don't know too much it's about it. It's monkey poop, not cat poop. Oh, okay. Well, no. I drank a cup of it, and it tasted like coffee. Tasted like... <laughs> so this this is a, this is an Ethiopian. Yeah, score. Can I go process? Sure. Uh, washed. Really? Like, I don't know. No, it's natural. <laughs> oh, God. I'm way off. Um, I actually, so this is from Methodical. Of course, Finally hit him and up. he pulls up the look bag. At these, look at this bag. It's probably is... one of my favorite coffee bags I've ever seen. Yeah, I've seen this one a yeah. lot. I love their stuff. It's pretty dope. That's pretty tight, man. Actually, so the reason I bought this coffee was I, reading through the description of like kind of the, the story of it. I was just super into it. Um, so it's Ethiopian. Uh, I'm I'm gonna butcher the pronunciation. I'm sorry. Defers, uh, Deferis. I don't know how to say it. Deferis. Um, so the description says all coffee falls somewhere on a grading scale. Coffee scoring higher than 80 is deemed specialty grade. And these coffees make around 5% of the total coffee market. Mm. The 88 plus scoring coffees are the easiest to sell for farmers due to their interesting flavor profiles. And they also bring the highest profits, but farmers then have to find buyers for the rest of their lot, which is typically the majority of their crop. This is where Michael McIntyre, uh, I think I said that right. Comes into the story. Michael developed De, De Ferris, a carefully selected blend of coffee from families and communities where the highest price lots have already been sold. This offers the same level of traceability, organic certification, and iconic Ethiopian flavor profile, but provides a steady rotation of fresh crop and dependable flavor profile for buyers. Wow. 
truly a clever solution to a sustainability problem. I just thought that was really interesting how it's like it's multiple farms and families like bringing their crop together to make like a special coffee. That's like, honestly kind like, of what we just talked cool. about. Yeah. yeah. Like that's community building. Like that's yeah. just awesome. It's like, a big deal. On the farmer level. So good coffee. Okay. Last question. Do we have time for yeah, one more question? Sweet. Okay. Have you ever felt at a dead end in your coffee career? 100%. A lot of people respond to this one on Instagram. We're like, oof. Um, yeah, actually, probably every month. And then I find a way to break down that dead end and mm-hmm. keep pushing past it. Yeah. Like, I mean, COVID's a good example, but also, you know, me personally, leaving Tyler, Texas is a comfortable place to do coffee, going to Nashville, hitting every single shop I could, and then like different things, even now. At a shop, and just being like, oh, "Do I still want to be in coffee?" And then be like, finding a place to be like, "Yeah, I do." And I'm gonna mm. keep pushing past it. That's the hardest thing, though, is when you become like a barista, then like a shift lead, and then you've managed a shop. You're like, "I want to keep going up." And the next place yeah. is like owning your own shop. So it's and like a lot of times that transition is I'm going back down the ladder. Yeah, exactly. And so to me, I feel like I hit a lot of dead ends, but I think to myself, "Do I like this?" And do I like what I do? And I think yes. And I'm like, then I'm going to break down that dead end and keep moving forward. Start building my own road. I think the difficulty for me has been hitting dead ends in one coffee scene. Yeah. So it's like, you know, there's only so many specialty shops here in Lexington. So Mm -hmm. sometimes it's like, I can really only go like sideways sometimes, Yeah. you know, unless there's another shop opening up that might be doing something bigger. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like I can definitely agree with that. Like sometimes you have to find that wall and know when you're facing it and see how you can get past it. And I mean, I think personally for me, like uh, it's kind of funny because I just saw this uh, meme from Coffee Plant Tattoo, an older one, um, and it was talking about like competition baristas and full time coffee people and like this like these two barking dogs behind a fence or something. Yeah. And then there's a dog with a dinosaur helmet on and it just says me a coffee memer. And I'm like, that's definitely <laughs> me. Like for me, like I felt like I don't really have anywhere to go in Lexington in my coffee journey. Like I don't really have anywhere to go up. Yeah. But I wanna be a part of the industry and I wanna have my I wanna find my place in the coffee world. And yeah. for me, I feel like um, coffee memes and this podcast has just been a way of fulfilling that and feeling like I'm having a bigger like calling. In yeah, coffee. same for me. It's been exciting. So I've been really enjoying that. But yeah, just find that, just find that wall and find a way to kind of you know find an outlet. Yep. Yeah. But anyways, coming up, we're going to get back to an old segment that we call "Get It, Got It, Don't Got It." We're back. What up? And uh, Kendall, we got some memes for you. So if you don't know, Kendall's there a lot of the time while me and Trey are having really in-depth coffee conversations. And sometimes we're just speaking a foreign language. So one of the ways we've just been educating him is through coffee memes. The best, so we the have best a, way to educate. Have, yeah, it's the best. It's yeah. the most receivable way that I can be educated, yes, I think. to tell you about the culture. Mm. So we have two memes and... Kendall's going to explain them, and then we're going to break them down for him, and then he's going to explain what they mean to us by the end of it. Got it. So, we get it, but he doesn't got it. Got it. You know? I mean, don't got it. He don't got, he don't got it. All right. Yep. So, Kendall. Yep. What's the first meme we have? It is a People's Barista meme. Mm, that the goat. on 
March 22nd, <laughs> 2019. All right. Thanks for the background. <laughs> hey, you're welcome. The background of this meme is a nice skyline. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, God. <laughs> no, it, so um, it is a Trojan horse meme, if you're familiar with the Trojan horse memes. Yeah. And the um, the castle walls are the people's, bri- the people's barista. And then there's a custy that is showing the Trojan horse. And it says, which beans do you recommend? But that is a hidden agenda because the really, the custy just wants to say, I have a Breville at home. Okay. All right. (laughs) All right. Kendall. uh, Clearly, I know not what that means. (laughs) I get get this meme. Do you get this meme? I got it. Kendall. Do you got this meme? I mean, I I get the premise of the meme, but, you but don't, I don't know what a Breville is. But you don't is. got it. You don't <laughs> got it. No. You don't got it. He gets it. I got it. He gets it. You don't got it. I got it. You don't got it. Okay. So, I actually don't know how you say, is it Breville or Breville? I hear Breville all the time. I hear I hear Breville. I hear Breville. I don't Brevi. know. Sure. Breville. So, <laughs> <laughs> gosh, this is just an episode of mispronouncing things. I'm not even going to say it, but <laughs> basically... Breville yes. is a home espresso machine provider. They also do some appliances. Like we have a Breville toaster oven at our shop mm-hmm. for some reason. I uh, didn't know they existed, but we have one. We got one. So, is this the one with the commercial with Danny DeVito? Uh, what? I don't know. I don't think so. There's an espresso machine where Danny DeVito is like <laughs> the like the lead spokesman of it. I have no idea. No clue. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. But, like, basically, it's kind of like one of the nicer home espresso machines that you can get. Um, it's not really entry level, but it's still not top class. Like, it's not Parker Milliken with a, you know, <laughs> Linea Mini. Mini. But um, it is definitely, like, a pretty decent, like, they make pretty decent espresso machines, yeah. ranging from, like, 300 to $600. So, a, a, quite a pretty penny. Yeah. And it's, if you're a barista, and you want one at home, you usually have one at home. Yeah. And they're nice. like they're pretty dope um, from what I've seen. Yeah. And so it's a really nice thing. So a lot of customers, a lot of custies will kind of like, that's like if they're like pretty into coffee, they'll kind of have one of those. So basically what happens a lot of times is there's this question that people ask and they say, you know, what coffee beans do you recommend? And it's kind of like their gateway entry question and just somehow throwing in, oh, I have a Breville at home. I'm I'm a real espresso aficionado. Yeah, I know a lot about espresso. Yeah. It's like I know how to like get it to grind and then I press the button and then it stays my dial stays within the right pressure zone and then it's good. And then I'm like, but then it doesn't like my buddy Brady back in Tyler has me every time I visit dial in his Breville for him cuz it sometimes gets out of whack. So, usually when people say that I'm like, "Oh, you do?" like What's your experience with it? And they're like, oh, it's all, I get great tasting coffee out of it. I'm like, oh, okay. That's, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, if you're a barista and you know how to dial an espresso, it's killer. But yeah, if you're just a custy, yeah, and like, so like you'll have you'll have this question often too, where custies will ask you like, oh, what coffee tastes good on blah 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 blah. Like, what do you have on pour over? But a and lot they of times, just want to add cream. yeah, they're just trying to like flex or maybe trying to like act like they know a lot, but. This is definitely like a common. That's a common question to ask, like a barista 
from a Cussie's very much point of view. They Trojan horse us all the yes. time because we trust common. we trust them. We're like, yeah, come on in. Yeah. Then they get in there and they're like, oh, I asked for decaf, and you're like, oh. That's the best part. It was like, oh, I want this coffee bean. And they get it and they're super excited about it. And I'm like, oh, you do know this is our decaf, right? And they're like, oh, it is? It's like, did you not read the bag? Did you just go, I'm specialty coffee? Yeah. That's Re- what I Reading's want. too much. But basically, it's just like those cussies are just like, and this is what the people's Bruce is saying is like, people just trying to flex their home setup and just kind of like, they just need to talk to somebody. They have like I'm all this pent up information. They're like, oh, like uh, I have this at home. Like I have this, like, okay, oh, cool. I have a, I just bought a grinder. Like, it's got the blades on it. Yeah. It's really cool. We're way different. Conical grinder. I'm on this home espresso brewers page on Facebook, which I regret, but I actually have been staying on because it's kind of funny. But <laughs> some of the things people say, I'm like, that is so dumb. And like some of them Probably. even try to act like they know more than baristas. Like one of them was like, I went to a shop the other day, and the barista was like, how was your espresso? And I was like, it was a little over-extracted. <laughs> I'm just like... That's crazy. Oh, wow, you're cool. You know a lot about espresso. <laughs> like The home brewer is a base. I didn't know that. Trying to flex. I was like, bro. So that's your Trojan horse coffee yeah. meme right there, yeah. Kendall. So, yeah. I, so you, do you get it now? Yeah. 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 I think... It. The the thing that that held me back from getting it was I didn't know what a brevet was. Breville. 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 Corella Breville. <laughs> and <laughs> by the way, Danny DeVito is not the spokesman for uh, it's Nespresso that he's. <laughs> thank you for that. Thank you for clarifying for our listeners. All right. All right well, so what, what's our our second meme? Yeah, hit us. Hit us with it. He's got to go back from that Danny DeVito commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was giggling. I love Dan DeVito. It's worth a giggle. <laughs> All right. So this is a quad frame meme from mm. Spro Diddly. Breaking down the format. I like yeah, it. Yeah, baby. Here we go. Um, on February 24th. Thank has you. two comments. 95 likes. <laughs> now, Spro Diddly, I miss you. Please come back and make more memes. 96 likes. So the first frame, top left, is a man holding a dog that looks terrified. And there's a cat in the background that looks very intently at the dog. <laughs> Almost demonic. <laughs> and the dog says, competition baristas. And the guy's like kind of holding it too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And the guy is holding the scared dog. And his says, SCA. The next frame, a closer close-up on the cat. The next frame, the closest close-up on the cat. The next frame... Absolutely as close to the cat as you can get. And the cat says the other 99% of specialty coffee baristas working 40 plus hours a week for a minimum wage and no health care. <laughs> that sounds like the script at the end of a like commercial for a pill. Like this, this pill. Cost- <laughs> I, I mean, I got it. I, I get it. I have no idea. What's you don't going got on. it. All right. I don't even know what SCA means. <laughs> oh, you're about to learn. Or maybe buddy. I'm may, let me, let me give maybe maybe specialty coffee association. Nice. Wow. Good job. Is that is that what it stands yes. for? Yes. You know your acronym, man. Okay. I mean, you do guard the internet. Trey, so. I feel like you you had a little pent up something there. I want you to kind of about SCA. Give give the lowdown on the meme. Okay. So look, here's the deal. <laughs> the SCA is a trade association built on foundations of openness and <laughs> inclusivity <laughs> and the power of shared knowledge. <laughs> SCA's purpose is to foster global coffee communities to support activities to make coffee a more sustainable it 
thriving activity for the whole value chain except for people that work 40 hours a week <laughs> behind a bar, slave their lives away with no health care, and just exist to give people specialty coffee and hopefully keep their shops open. So basically... <laughs> wow. <laughs> the SCA... No, I'm not dissing the SCA because, like, you know, do your thing. If you exist, if you support coffee in that format, go for it. But let me explain a little bit. So the reason why this meme is so funny is because SCA does show off more of the baristas that are competing and showing up for competitions in Brewers' Cup than they are for just the baristas that exist. Now, of course, that does make sense. I'm not going to diss and say it's a stupid idea. But I am saying that it totally makes sense that there are, like, you know, I don't compete for coffee. I'll be honest. I know a lot of baristas that don't compete in coffee, but I've worked in coffee for years and have literally worked 40 hours a week at coffee shops. Not, and not even as a career thing. It's just because they're good at it and they stay in it. And, com- you know, competitor baristas, they're super into it and it's a lot of fun to compete and it's great. But the reason it's so funny is because the SEA like look at all their social media, look at all their like website stuff and it showcases this world of coffee that is so like untouchable. So that's yeah. when I read the power of shared knowledge purpose for to foster global coffee communities and support activities to make coffee a more sustainable, uh, you know, it's to me, I'm like all of that only if it c- includes competition and competitive yeah. competitiveness and people that actually really focus on specialty coffee instead of the people that work behind a bar all the time that literally have to explain an Ethiopian hurrah to every sixth customer that comes in just for them to put creamer in it kind of thing. It's like, you know, mm. the people really taking the hits. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think competition is like, pretty cool. Like, I love it. I, I love watching it. And I so, love, like, yeah. I've learned a lot about, like, presence to customers. It's like, fun. Like, I see the way the baristas are with the judges. I'm like, what if we gave that to our customers? Yeah, I'm like, the same way. Like, I think I think the SEA, SEA has some good stuff. Yeah. But, like, how many baristas really know about it? How much is the SEA really involved in well, just regular old Trey, think about coffee it. shops? I mean, if you're working with a barista and they're talking about the SEA, clearly they know the most about coffee. They if know they say everything. the word SEA. Oh, yeah. If they say that, oh Yeah, that means they know, they literally, I mean... You know, they know everything about everything so, because it stands for the yeah. Super Cool Association. They w- oh, it does. <laughs> they watch. They watch someone do some special technique in a competition, and they're like, "Well, we're I putting do that it behind our bar." Someone else did yeah. that. I think we all need to do that behind yes. our bar now. We all need simulated fog. Oh, on our you have coffees. Fifteen customers in your line. Uh, I'm gonna do this technique that I saw oh, at yes. the barista competition now. Not not to not to diss anybody. No, no. I don't want anyone to get the loan and be like, "Oh my god, they hurt me!" Like, like no, SCA. Hey, like, I'm not hating on anyone that competes. I'm not like even I dissing said, them. But I like to mean. watch it. I'm not even gonna lie. Like when it's on, I watch it. But there's okay. a time and a place for things. And <laughs> so the Slow Coffee Association. Yeah, that's what the, it is. <laughs> the silly cool alley cats. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, moral of the story. SCA kind of shines on. You know, people that compete that are top of the class, but doesn't always, you know, shine the lonely barista working 40 hours a week with mental health issues and no health care to go to see a therapist. Kendall, do you get this meme now? 100%. You want, you want to explain it to me? Yeah. So the guy, the, I thought the dog was scared at first. Now I realize 
There's no fear in the dog. Mm, no He's fear. being absolutely held and cradled by the SCA. <laughs> Cherished. <laughs> there it is. Cherished by the SCA. <laughs> Loved. And now when you look into this meme even more, there's even like toys in the room that make it seem like this is the cat's room, but the dog is the one being cradled. <laughs> That's so true. I didn't even notice <laughs> that. Like, like, it's clearly the cat's space. Yeah, like the litter there's box, little cat, the toy. And the cat's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, this is our space, and you bring that dog in here? <laughs> <laughs> and you don't even acknowledge my existence? That poor cat. Mm. That makes it even better, I think. That was a good explanation. I don't know. But Spro did like come I'm just back. saying that's why they come bring back, me on. That's why they bring me on mm. to explain the memes. You make it you make us understand the memes. Like you know, it's like that Pokemon song, like you teach me and I'll teach and you. And I teach you. Mm. Pokemon. Trademark. But you know, I like the meme because kind of wrapping things up, I think that's kind of the goal of this podcast. Yeah. Like, I've said it before. Is we don't want to just shine on big important people. Now maybe we will have big important people. Matt Berger want to be, want to be on the show. Force Lasso, point. you know, <laughs> like that's cool if you want to, but don't be surprised if that cool important person is sandwiched by just two random average baristas. I mean, sorry, literally, sorry. not gonna lie, the show was almost called the Average Barista because I wanted it to be just average baristas, but. So we went with You guys socialist. were smart and told me <laughs> to do socialist priest, which I'm glad I did. But yeah. anyways. Yeah. Kendall, thank you so much for being on the episode. Always love having you. I love you guys. Oh, yeah. oh my heart. <laughs> when, when your bro says he loves you, you're like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> and you look away because it's a different it's place awkward. in your heart. Dude. Kendall, I'm a full disclaimer here. Kendall has to hear Trey and I talk literally for hours about coffee. And then when we play Call of Duty together, he's like, guys. Can it? <laughs> this play. is not the time. Yeah, let's just play some Call of Duty. But uh, yeah, Need Kendall. better comps, <laughs> better comps, better coffee. <laughs> Social barista. But Kendall, thank you for being here. Always love having you. Um, and guys, don't forget. You know, we'll be posting like if you guys have any questions, we'll usually be posting that on Instagram for you to be able to respond to on the day we record, which is usually been Sunday. Um, yeah. So respond. We sadly we can't get to every question, but yeah, please try. respond to those. And if you have like coffee podcast ideas anything like that coffees we should be trying to you can hit us up on there or at our email at socialist barista podcast at gmail we'd love to hear from you we'd love to talk to you uh, and so yeah thanks for listening and hit up our patreon we're gonna have exclusive content and it's gonna be pretty dope i'm pretty excited about it and can't wait to visit a city near you can i give you guys a ps as we sign off here? please do i think it's completely your fault that I asked for a coffee item for Christmas. This is the Socialist Priest Podcast. <laughs>